Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, what a weekend it was. We recap it on Mondays with the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was good uh, for me over the weekend. Austin Gamblers PBR Team Series action was phenomenal yesterday, Rod. Really was. It was. Oh yeah. Huge crowds all weekend long. They're one weekend with three events: Saturday, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday. Um, my buddy JJ Gotch, the team president, confirmed that Saturday night was a complete sellout. Uh, so nice. There you of, go. A lot of fans in attendance to see some, and they put on a heck of a show. It's intense. Friday mm-hmm. night, Rod, they had two guys go to the hospital. This is what the danger of that sport is. One guy, he was, gosh, Rod, say your prayers that he wasn't paralyzed because he went up about six, seven feet in the air, got got ejected from the bull right off the right off his ass, Ooh. and he came down and he really just collapsed like sandwiched together, and he broke broke oh. his back, broke his back, and he, they took him off on a stretcher. And the doctors believe it was it was it could have been a paralysis situation for the guy because uh, he came from way up and landed right on his right on his back and kind of oh, collapsed man. down. But so he was there yesterday though, like he was sitting in the owner's box because he's back from the hospital and these dudes are tough as nails. They are tough, man. There was also a guy that got dragged by the bull and then got stepped on, and he had a collapsed lung and three cracked ribs. He had to go to the hospital. Another day at the office. Yeah, that's just like, we think that's very traumatic, and I, it is very traumatic, by the way. But that is. Every event they compete in, there is something like that that happens either to them, their teammates, or to a devoted. That's just part of that sport. I, like I said, I don't know if there is a more dangerous sport on the planet. It, I don't know. I, I know there are some, you know, you talk about, you know. This, you see the NASCAR the, some car the X, flipping. Yes, exactly. And then it's the X Games where people are like, you know, going down a mountain slope and they're doing it at ridiculous speeds. I get it. There are some really dangerous sports out there. But, man, when you got a 1,000-pound, 2,000-pound-plus beast who is upset with you? Like they they are they are mad and agitated at you. They're mad and agitated. Period. Because they don't they tie up their oh, yeah. scrotum. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, yeah. they they tie up the scrotum? So Flanks. yeah, if somebody tied up they your junk, they yeah, exactly. Em. Somebody tied up your junk and then into like a really with a really tight. Was it basically a rubber band or whatever it it's is? Like a, it's like a flank strap. Oh, strap. Yeah, you would be upset too. So they're agitated anyway, and they're blaming all of that discomfort on you, the person that's riding them and they're trying to launch you <laughs> into a stratosphere. And stomp you if they can. So yeah, there's no other sport that offers that type of threat. The, and you get to see it up close. I mean, it's crazy to watch this Ooh. from from a close distance. These these beasts, these animals are unbelievable. And they're bred, by the way, to oh, be oh. aggressive and to be oh. the, they're, champion bulls are, they, are worth a lot of. They're money. from a long line. Yeah, they're trained. They're trained of, to be beasts. Yes, of these these really really well, aggressive you, bulls. Look, if you breed and raise, and the more a, aggressive the better. A, by a the way, grand champion bull. That is incredibly lucrative. I mean, that is big oh, yeah. you'll be a, money. You'll be a multimillionaire. Much like well, it's all said and done. Yeah, just like yeah. Uh, just like horse racing, right? Breeding a, a thoroughbred. Yes. Yeah, very similar. It says, guys, I went on Saturday. It was amazing. Uh, Lemme had to nail his final ride. He did it. The crowd went crazy. 
Some say it's not the true. scrotum. What is it then? I don't know what they Perneum or whatever it's called. They, they, they flank them, though. <laughs> they do something. I know they top some of the well, jump those down bulls there. Get, I mean, yeah. there were bulls trying to jump out of the shoes. I don't know what man. it is. They're, 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 <laughs> but so right down from us, where I was sitting with J.J. and his family, and uh, there it was, the ownership group. You know, We know the, the uh, gamblers have, you know, one of the deepest pocketed ownership groups. This is why J.J.'s been so excited about it. But uh, Erga, uh, Egon Dubin, uh, the Silver Lake um, – Managing partner, that's a, a private equity group that he started. That he's he, they've you know they handle over seventy five million dollars in asset or billion dollars in assets worldwide. Well, he's the main owner, and this some this spring, his good buddy Michael Dell bought in. Wow, so he was there. So they got oh, they got multiple billionaires yeah. investing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good and the team and the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so deep pockets in Austin, and there's a lot of money in that sport and a lot of interest in that sport. So yeah, Silver Lake CEO. Uh, is the boss, and he was there, and that Michael Dell, and it was wow. it was good to see. Uh, but they, they the, wear their cowboy boots and hats. They did. Well, see? no hats, no hats, no, no hats, hats, no just hats. the boots though. No hats. Got the buckle? Did we get a belt buckle too? Uh, you got to have the no. So you go to all in, you go hat, belt buckle, and the boots. Yeah, boots, boots, are the boots you got to have. Did you have any of that? Did you have a? On Friday I did. Okay, there you go. On Friday, right, nice. I wore the boots. On, yeah. on Sunday I did not wear the boots. I thought it was casual Sunday. Because it was the middle of the afternoon watching Kevin Fowler out in the front. I was going to wear shorts and a shirt and wore some, some shoes. I mean, that was good, but I did on Friday. Uh, I would also say this, Rod. Um, Leme didn't even have to ride on, on Sunday. They won by so many. They, were, they, they had already clinched because they had three or four confirmed rides already. And so our man Zeke Mitchell from Rockdale went out there and knocked it oh, out. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a, a stud. Job. He's a stud. Don't mess. They don't. <laughs> hey, so um, – can I get into this real quick? This this is one of those. Is it a story or not? This part of me feels like this is FoxNews.com looking for clickbait. Because here's the thing. So we know last week Steve Sarkeesian has said it multiple times that the Longhorns have to embrace the hate, right? I mean that's been kind of an ongoing conversation Sark has had. He said uh, earlier this month the team's mission is to make their final season in the Big 12 one to remember. He talked about how the team had a John Wick mentality. We've seen one of the, mm-hmm. many of the players re, you know repeat that. Uh, he said, I think they've kind of assumed this mentality of, we get it, we're the University of Texas, this is our last year in the Big 12, uh, we can sit here and be a punching bag or we can go attack the people we're going to play, and I think they've assumed that responsibility, saying, hey, we're going to go after it, I think it's the right mentality to have to embrace the hate. Okay, well, uh, and then Steve, then Chris Del Conte said the same thing to OrangeBloods.com last Friday, yep. or last Thursday in an interview, that you know the whole athletic department, we want to... You know, last year we won 12 Big 12 championships, or 13, and we want to win all 20 in the competitive sports we compete in, all 20 of them. And we know we're going to be a hated team and a hated program in our final year. They think we broke up the Big 12. So that was all good, right? And it was just, okay, embrace the hate. Yeah. Well, then this got to social media. Mm -hmm. And the university co-op, our good friends there, they started to promote and sell a shirt that said embrace the hate and burn orange. Okay, so they're taking it and running with it. It's a good idea. Right. Uh, so here were some of the examples that Fox News cited from social media that said, oh, I'm guessing no. this is a this is sports related, but to anyone who's not in on that, it appears to be a white supremacist message. Okay. Really? All right. Just jumping to conclusions on that one. <laughs> then this other tweet, or X, said, now what in the no black people work, work here hell is this? Come on, UT, you're the flagship of Texas, let's do better. 
Let me say that again. What in the no black people work here hell mm. is this? So they're definitely what? throwing out race as yeah. one of the reasons why they dis- they, they disagree. Statement? They disagree with embrace because they have jumped to the conclusion that it is could be perceived to be about race. Could or be. Or it's, so about, it's about and sports. It, it is, it is stupid. Trust <laughs> so me. So stupid. It is stupid. That's a that's a illogical conclusion to you're, jump that's, to. You're looking for something to get pissed and here's off. A lot of people I, like getting offended. They, want, they wake I up will, trying to get offended. And this was, this was, to me, it's a non-story clickbait. <laughs> Until the University of Texas' chapter of the American Association of University Professors. Okay, so this is the on-campus professors also weighed in and responded with a tweet that said exactly who it. UT Austin authorized this literally hateful use of the Longhorn brand, asking for all faculty working to instill a positive learning community in our classes and campus. Surely there are better ways to show UT pride. So mm. there you go. Yeah. Right. Just then quit over it. <laughs> want you. I don't think they're that passionate about it. Uh, we talked earlier, you know, could it be, should they go and rise above the hate? I don't know. Embrace the hate. Yeah, I mean, but that, they, rise above they are the, the ones being hated. Rise above the hate sounds even more like a political message, I feel like. Yeah, it doesn't need to be political. This yeah, is about them that, embracing a John Wick mentality. When now. we talked about this on Friday, that the, pot, the, the thought of it being bad didn't even pop into my mind. Nor me. Did you think about I it did, all, Ron? I did not, no. I, and I'm not offended by it, but I did not. And I, but I understand some people, why they might be offended. I get that. But it is not offensive to me. I don't think it's offensive. And I think, like I said, it's an illogical conclusion to jump to if you're jumping to, oh, it's it, that could be perceived as racist or some white supremacist statement. Like that is, you, you skipped a whole lot of steps to get there. <laughs> you skipped a lot of steps to get there. Uh, so, well, I, And I yeah. think, and I also will... will you know, point out foxnews.com, you know, cherry picking three or four tweets from social media and calling it social media outrage. I didn't see social media and then making a story about it and putting it on a well-traveled yeah. and well-visited website. I saw the story. I did. I will admit I did not see individual tweets on my timeline about it. I know. It. I didn't either. And that's where you got to, you know, in the current media climate, they're looking for clickbait. This is going to get people talking. We're talking about it. I don't think it's a huge deal. The shirts have sold out. <laughs> and now they're going to sell out even more because now you've upset the because the, the the people who are considered snowflakes that are offended by this or whatever they've upset the people on the other end of the spectrum who believe that you should not kowtow to any of the demands. Hey, if they restock, the, I'll go buy one. Let me just, the, let the, me just, the, the Uber offended I will crowd. Play the uh, the devil's advocate. Only thing you can say, and you can read it in one of those tweets. It said, "I'm assuming this is about a sports thing." Like there are people, Rod. In that at that university, that don't know anything about what's going on with the athletic department. That's very true. They have no idea. I've learned this before too. Yeah, like they don't, they don't go to games. They nope. don't know anything about the games, and that's perfectly fine, right? They're they're great yeah. students and great uh, Longhorns. But so if they see a shirt that says "Embrace the Hate" and they are not tied they think to sport, literally, they think literally. Like, are we really embracing the hate? Like, yeah. what, what kind of hate? Who are yeah. we embracing that's got hatred in their heart? We you don't, don't want that. You don't know the background, and you don't know the. It's not an inside joke, but kind of the inside understanding. And so I think that's about who's it. sounding off on it. But yeah. they, they can look into it before they start saying stuff. That well, that's they have what no Twitter is, about. right? Well, that's what tweets are. Tweets are just people saying things that you know, not always researched or uh, tied. <laughs> they just write what they're thinking at the time. Which is why it's Twitter and it's free speech, and I don't think UT's. Gonna, I, I don't think you're here, Steve Sarkeesian, apologizing for this today. No, or CDC. No, I don't think either one of them will even address it unless they're asked about it directly. But yeah, like I said, it, you, you you skipped a lot of steps if you want to jump to the conclusion that you want to you you perceive that as racist. 
are associated with white supremacy. You can say you don't like speech about hate and watch the UT embrace hate. And I'll talk about the word hate and how strong of a word it is and the, what it evokes and that kind of thing. I get that. Uh, but, yeah, if you're going to throw in the race stuff, it's, it's that's racist, wild. It's racist to jump to those conclusions, I feel like. <laughs> it's more like, like you know what I'm saying? Could, could the word embrace be different? Could it be destroy the hate or crush the hate? The, I don't know. Who the, cares? The rise above the hate is not bad if you want something. You want to throw something else out there. As, you hook, know what I mean? Hook, that's about, a little bit more PC. How about borrowing the name of our show? Hook them up. Above the above the hate, <laughs> hook them up above See, the hate. But embrace the hate did flow. I mean, it was rhythmic. It flew. It flowed you know up to, and everybody understood what it meant. Who was in the know? But as as my man he said, not everybody's a sports fan. Not everybody's into this. Conversation we're and having. They see a shirt at the co-op. It says embrace, embrace it's like, the hate. Kids, I wouldn't put that on my kid. I wouldn't like, have my kids. Who's embracing the hate? You yeah, got a bunch of. Hate. You know, we we know there are people that have hate in their hearts out there, and uh, we see stories of it all the time. And there they're, you go. They're they're mentally deranged and crazy and That's whatnot, true. but. In this case, it's about sports, and uh, I don't think because again, John Wick didn't care about political correctness, Rod. Well, we know John Wick, that's, <laughs> but them making John Wick their unofficial mascot, even if the graphics department that runs like the jumbotron and, and they make all of, of the different uh, videos and the graphics for Texas, they can use most of the John Wick movie scenes because most of them is just gratuitous violence when he's shooting and killing people. They can use some of those scenes, not those scenes, but they can use some of the scenes, but they can't use a lot of that when they do the promo videos on the jumbotron. They can't. Well, here it is. That that'll be that'll go. That won't go over well either. This says that shirt has been scrubbed from the co-op site. Well, oh, has we had it really somebody been? Somebody call us earlier and say no, they just sold out of them. Uh huh. See, okay, there you go. Sold out and scrubbed. And if they scrubbed it from the website, that means they're not proud of it. Or they're just not going to embrace it anymore. Like, well, that, that, mean they that can't mean, say it in the that, locker room. That would, that would mean you're not proud of it. If, yeah, if, if the true. University of Texas co-op scrubbed it from the, the website, that means they're not proud of it, and they don't even want to get into this conversation. They decide, you know what, it's not worth our time. You and what they what they well, I think what they'll they won't do this officially, but unofficially what they know is going to happen. Longhorn fans will start making them on their own. Yeah, for sure. And exactly, and you'll see plenty of them on game day, not sold from the co-op. And UT's like, no, we ain't got all. We had to do was start it to start the conversation. Longhorn fans will finish it themselves. Well, and so really, they'll embrace the hate themselves. Right. Sarkis said it, but then it really when when CDC, the athletic director, said it last week as as point blankly as he did. Yeah. And look, we know what happened after it's Brett C- Yarmark. CDC said that in the morning on a Thursday, and then Brett Yarmark went to went to clearly showing everybody that he is openly rooting for Texas Tech to beat Texas. Yeah, and he's the commissioner of the conference. You might want to have go ahead and embrace that because that's what's coming. <laughs> and then you then you had the head coach at Texas Tech calling Texas and Oklahoma the so called blue, blue bloods, bloods. <laughs> the so called blue bloods, so called blue bloods. Even though those two blue bloods won what. 85% of the conference championships last year? Yeah. no, I, <laughs> 85% of the conference's championships? But I, like I said, I, I, I understood uh, why the embrace the hate thing came down. Like I said, now I think it'll, it'll, it'll take on a mind of its own. You don't even got to worry about UT officially endorsing it. And like you said, e, behind the scenes, hey, they'll say that. And hey, I wouldn't doubt if some players even, you see them on their own social media accounts. You know, we, referencing that kind of stuff. Are these the same people that tried to cancel the eyes of Texas? Uh, uh, like, well, a lot of them, but they, you know, yeah, that, that, but that, remember that was a different discussion about that, the eyes of Texas. They still play the eyes of Texas, though. They they, they do, they and do. There's been research and still, done, and yes, there's been research about it, and 
Yeah, I think we, at least we had an open discourse and a conversation about the eyes of Texas, which I, which I think enlightened a lot and educated a lot of Longhorn fans who had no idea about the history sides. of it On and, sides, yes, yes. and why true. it was considered offensive to some. So what I liked about, and there wasn't a lot to like about the eyes of Texas situation, was that I do believe we had as a community, Longhorn fans, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, we had a conversation about it. And I, we, I, we, didn't all just, we didn't all agree. A deep dive conversation. We had a deep, about well, probably what about a month and a half we talked Long, about it. Yeah, they did the committee that looked into yeah. it and showed, told the history. And yeah. our friend Quan Cosby was on that group. And yeah, um, so yeah. as a, as a as a Lohan family, we had the conversation. It was, I think, for a lot of people, it was painful for some people to have that conversation. I think for others, it was enlightening and educational. Uh, and obviously, the song is what the song is. And by the way, I never wanted Lohan fans to get, Lohan to get rid of the song. Um, I always said you should just kind of just change the meanings of different things, which you can do. But we're not we're not rehashing. My point is, I didn't mind that because we had a discourse, and the discourse, I believed, helped everybody heal. And it helped us, like, as a family, as a community, it helped us have a better understanding of our history. This is just kind of clickbait, cancel culture, social media, the kind of stuff happening right here. And I understand why people are offended by it. I get it because hate is a strong word, that kind of stuff. And you don't want to be championing hate. Uh, but that's it's in the context, I think they're taking it out. Of context. Yeah. Well, and look, here's Chris Del Conte's exact quote. We know we have to embrace the hate this year. Everyone in the Big 12 was mad at us. They think we broke up the Big 12. They they think we broke up the Pac-12 because we left. Uh, we left for what's right for the University of Texas, and that's my job. Our job as leadership is to protect the brand and put ourselves in the best position to be successful. Embrace the hate. So there you go. And look, there's a conversation. It's a political year, right? It's a you know presidential election cycle is up and running, and so there's debates about white supremacy. And I can just I can see if you are completely ignorant to sports and you see a shirt that says "Embrace the Hate," you could at least question that. Like, what is that all about? Well, once you learn what it's about, let's not make a big deal about it. That's why I will again say FoxNews.com probably created this a little bit, and that's a mm. much much viewed website. That that really is where this story took off and became somewhat. Because I don't think there was a I don't believe there was a social media outrage about the original, but when Fox News made a story out of it and, and clipped four, three tweets and called it a viral outrage, well, is it really? I read the story. Really, was it really I'll admit, when I saw the story, I was and like, that's oh. that's what went viral. I clicked it. That's so they what, got that, me. That's the story that went around. <laughs> yeah, they got me because I was like, oh, really? I didn't know. And I clicked I, it. I don't know that it had, they not Click written bits. that. I'm pretty certain had they not written that story and then it went viral, we would be talking about it. I don't think we'd have noticed that there was a viral outbreak or outrage on the Twitter machine that people are upset about this. I think that was somewhat created. And uh, here we are. So, uh, good stuff right there. We'll talk some actual football coming up behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, talking all things weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And your boy Rod was hanging out with the billionaires yesterday. What's up? What's up, uh, billionaires? You were hanging out with the billionaires. Yeah, man. I wish I was hanging out with some billionaires. Nothing fell on the ground or anything, you know. It's one of that. Just, hey, what's up? Oh. There's there's Michael Dell hanging out, mm-hmm. watching the bull riding. Um that says just embrace the haters, yeah, you know, or just embrace open, open hey, minds. Open minds. The, embrace the haters, not hate. Not hate. haters. Never the hate. That's a nice little compromise right there, man. You know what I mean? Hey, you ain't popping unless you got haters. Yeah, you're right. Well, we'll hit our. What's, you ain't got haters. You ain't popping. That's we'll, right. We'll play our what's what's popping. <laughs> How's that not a drop on our show? Come on, I'll, we got to get Robert Sala. If you thing. right, if you ain't got no haters, then you ain't popping. You right? be popping. We'll <laughs> so there you go. The CDC should drop that one on them. Well, that's what I want to hear CDC and Sarge drop on. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping, baby. Uh, Ty, we haven't asked you as the Cowboys fan. You said you're not panicked about your Rangers, although you probably should be. I'm a little Astros fan. I'm a little bit panicked, too, about this Seattle Mariners team. 
Uh, they're really good uh, and playing great. But uh, you're not worried about the Rangers? No. All good? Yeah, I'm all good. One and nine in still, your last ten? Still way better than it's been the past few years, so I'll take it. Stumbling and bumbling their way? It's okay. Been, they had a, a share or were in the lead alone in first place in the AOS since April the 8th. When's Josh Young wow. coming back? April 8th. It's crazy. Uh, Josh Young, September? Well, see, the Astros get Michael Brantley back tonight. Oh, Michael yeah, Brantley. is he actually coming back? He's going to be in the lineup tonight, they believe. He traveled to Boston for their series with the Red Sox that begins this evening. So Michael Brantley should be back, which gives the Astros another piece. The Astros probably have been pitching more than anything else. They scored 17 runs yesterday. They had a little stretch where they weren't scoring. But Rangers, Astros, they're all chasing now Seattle because they're in mm. first place alone. But I didn't ask you about the Trey Lance side of this thing. Rod oh, man. made it his rant and likes to pick. Did, did, were you happy as a Cowboy fan when you saw the deal? I was surprised. Um, I'd, I'm not. I'd, I feel like the fourth round pick is just the right amount for him. That's not too much, too little. Um, I would have thought I'd been a fifth or a sixth, personally, maybe I, seventh. But I know that the the Niners were trying to get something. He didn't want to get off the phone. Remember, Jerry said that. Jerry said I did not want to get off the phone. So I bet he probably could have tried to throw out a fifth or a later pick. But I think the 49ers were, were leaving Jerry to take Jerry's offer and go. Tell somebody else, like, hey, Jerry Jones is offering us a fifth or a sixth, and Jerry knew that, and some other team may get him for a fourth. I also, Jerry's like, I'll, but we the question get. is, maybe we'll hear the story from the Peter Kings of the world at some point this week, but did they outbid themselves? Probably. Like, probably. They, probably. I think it was worth it, though. I'm serious. I, oh, you it, gave all great reasons. Yeah. I, you know, I but, think it was worth it. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a package with him in it that you see every, I mean, a few times Well, a he's got to play before anybody's going to put value on his goal line. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, yeah, package do, do around. With the, do what the Eagles do with uh, Jalen Hurts. with The, mm-hmm. the, the, the tush butt, push? The tush push. Totally agree. Should no, be able to do it's that. a brilliant idea. Dak having to do it. Yeah, because I, I, I think there are a lot of use, useful ways you can use Trey Lance. And but, just but, he, but is he going to be on the roster on game days? I mean, is he he's going to be your third emergency quarterback. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if he can but make himself that more valuable. What are you going to carry three quarterbacks into the into each game? Is that, it just depends on your situation as a team. You know, may, depending on the injury, you have injuries at a certain position, then you may not. But if you have a luxury to do it, you might. Hey, let's get him playing special teams. He's really the <laughs> athlete. Yeah, we don't say thought, Come on, <laughs> well, let's get a gunner on front teams. <laughs> I thought Jerry was hammered when he offered a fourth-rounder for I, that surprised me, but especially on what we've seen for trades. This look, the, the Cowboys got a fifth rounder for Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper was a was contract a, thing. He's a Pro Bowl yeah. player. Yeah, but they, they he had like a he was owed like twenty six million dollars, and he mm-hmm. played. That's true. And, Nobody's going to take that. And that but the fact that he hasn't played, he's thrown what like less than two hundred pass attempts as an NFL player. Uh, only eight games he's played in for the 49ers, four starts. That is the fewest amount of games played for a top-five pick uh, with a team that de- we debuted with since 1967. So we have not seen a pick, top-five pick wasted like this ever. But that's why I think the but Cowboys— the quarterback position, so it becomes a premium. Yes. I and get it, it. Getting back to that point, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. What if Trey Lance just hasn't had enough snaps— and hadn't had enough reps to reach his potential. The truth is, hell, Geno Smith threw more passes last season than than he's thrown his entire career as a quarterback, going back to high school, guys, high school. So we actually have no idea what Trey Lance is. We know he didn't work up with the, with the 49ers, but I always say this about quarterback. Choosing a quarterback is like choosing a significant other. The woman you marry, she's not the hottest woman you ever dated. She was the one that was right for you, Brock Purdy, all right? And Trey Lance, hottest woman, the really hot uh, woman that Shannon dated – wasn't the right one for him. Well, He's going for about com- it's about compatibility. Are you compatible with this offense? So I think for oh. a Trey Lance, he could go somewhere else and be a lot more compatible potentially with another system, just, with another offense than me, he was with the 49ers. For me, just so so far, uh, so 
unproven as a player that a fourth-round pick was high. But again, I get it's quarterback. I think Jerry gave up too much. I do think he was bidding against himself in that spot. He didn't want to hang up the phone. And just like when he was interviewing Mike McCarthy and, and heard bells, I heard bells. <laughs> there's also the video that's circulated on social media that there's a you know the new uh, the War Room documentary that's coming out on the Cowboys, that behind the scenes of the Cowboys at their mm-hmm. draft. There's a, there's a clip that's going around. And in it, you, you clearly see Jerry lean up and ask his grandson, who went to Texas about DeMarvion Overshaw? Well, he called him. Yeah, because I called him. He called him. Come on. He's like, mm-hmm. Payton, Payton says he's all right. Tell me about this kid. So he practices real hard all the time. I don't really, really want my GM getting grad, you know, draft choice picks and advice from the grandkids. It's a data point. I know. It's you a got point. lots of data points. Tell you got probably 50, 60 data points on every player. Like in the war room that night on, when you're on the clock, you're calling the kid. Well, it's, called, on, it's called show business. And Jerry Jones is really good at it. <laughs> really good. Well, Cowboy get, fans are like, come yeah. on, man. Even the Deuce Vaughn pick. Man, that was drama with that one because his oh, dad was on the staff. And, so he's got like three picks that, that are all made for TV kind of picks. Well, look, I mean, uh, again, the Cowboys <laughs> traded a fifth rounder to get Brandon Cooks, who's a proven commodity and a really good player. Yep. Stephon Gilmore is a one-time, not long ago, defensive player the year in this league, then they gave up a fifth. Fourth for a quarterback who's never played and has been injury prone, prone that's a lot. Quarterback is king. Yeah, but the quarterback is worth more than any of those positions. Even if it if it's a serviceable quarterback, it's just worth more. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I just I I hope it works for the Cowboys. I see all the reasons why you like it and why Ty likes it, and uh, we'll see what the Cowboys do with Trey Lance. They feel like they're leaving no stone unturned and want to have as many QBs as they can in a year they're going to run for it. As for the Niners, you understand why they traded him. Because oh, yeah. they, they, they fell in love with this Brock, Brock Purdy kid. He is their quarterback. He fits what they want to do. And then Sam Darnold came in. Remember, Sam Darnold was the what, second pick of the draft? Third pick third, of the draft? Third, I think, overall, yeah. And he has a skill set that's comparable to what they're looking for, and he beat out Trey Lance. So all of a sudden you got a third-string quarterback. But even with the Cowboys, Trey Lance is going to be no more than a third at, at this point, and uh, whether he's a gadget player or whatever they do make Do you think they could like, keep Trey Lance active during the week and not have Cooper Rush, but if Dak were to really get hurt and they needed to have a full week to prepare, you put in Cooper Rush, but just because of all the things you could potentially do with Trey Lance, like mm-hmm. the goal linebackers sure. we're talking about, I, I, mean, I could see it, them doing that. Look, there's a reason you do this. I get it. Uh, I just think it was more than, than anyone else was going to be willing to give up, but I could be wrong on that. Too. And I would also say that uh, if you're the Cowboys – you know, don't worry about it. Just go get these players and stop. This is your year to go. This You put your coach on notice mm-hmm. that he's now running the offense, the quarterback on notice. We've got to get past the divisional round, and we need uh, all opportunities to get there, and I see what they're doing. This is also why, Rod, when they do the – you go to the scouting combine and you do the deep draft. I mean, they, they scout every player because they may want to acquire that player. Just because they don't draft him in April – doesn't mean they don't want to know. So the Cowboys have a thorough scouting report yes, they do. that they did on Trey Lance that they can yeah. go back to and say, no, no, we like this player a lot. In addition, yeah, and because Brian Broaddus said they had a second-round grade on him when he came out. So in addition to what you just talked, talked about, that you know they did a thorough scouting and evaluation report on him, you know, he can also be, like I t- point this out, their scout team quarterback uh, that prepared that Dan Quinn defense when they face a dual-threat quarterback like a Jalen Hurts twice a year, Daniel Jones twice a year, and I think they face J- Josh Allen, actually, later on this season, yeah, they too. they do, December. So yeah, so it's five games against three of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the league. Oh, man, that could be a difference between, you know, you you know getting uh, favorable uh, positioning in the playoffs or getting well, winning that division, division exactly, mm-hmm. or, you know, getting home for the band, whatever it may be. Uh, so I think that's a big part of how Trey Lance can help the Cowboys right away. Yeah, the scout team. Look. Scout team quarterback for those weeks when you're going to be playing against dual-threat quarterbacks like the, that. I think that's the strongest point of all of them because you're right. I mean, gosh, I mean, those three, those two teams with the best dual-threat quarterbacks are in your own division, and they were both playoff teams last year. One was exactly. in the Super Bowl. Yep. You're going to have to beat them to go where you want to go. I and think I wonder that, how much uh, uh, Trey Lance can help them. I know he doesn't know 
all of the, the 49ers plays. But if you see the 49ers again, you've seen, you faced them two times in division round. You know, maybe he can help you, give you a couple of tips, a couple of tidbits on what the 49ers are doing yeah. and what they were trying to do and how they've beaten you schematically the last two years. Uh, we'll come back. We will pick it up. We'll go behind that burn orange curtain one more time, talk Texas football. Uh, looking forward to Steve Sarkeesian's Game Week News Conference coming up top of this hour at 11 o'clock. Uh, will there be a depth chart? Uh, those are all things we're kicking around on this Monday morning here on Ian Rodby. Your exclusive home for the Jim Rome Show. We also have an affiliate in Austin. You'll never find anybody anywhere who doesn't think that that's one of the best towns ever. It is. Big shout out to our new affiliate in Austin. The Horn, 101.9 FM in 1260 AM. The jungle is always growing. It's a Texas takeover. The Jim Rome Show, 11 and 2. Good to be back on the air there. Austin, Texas sports. The Horn. Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babies here. Let me tell you about Austin, Texas, baby. This is a beautiful city. We all love it. We all call it home. Thanks in no small part to the skilled craftsmanship of Ironworkers Local 482. They've been helping shape bread Austin for a long time, since 1935. And we see the labors of their love everywhere, all over this great city and iconic, exquisite landmarks you may be driving by right now and not even know it, like DKR Stadium and the Penny Backer Bridge. And as the city continues to grow and thrive, so does Ironworkers Local Union 4. 82. They don't go to the office. They're the ones who build the office. So if you're looking for an exciting new career and you're frustrated with your work choices and your career path and maybe you just want something new, something fresh, you want to feel valued, you can become a valued member of Ironworkers Local 482 and accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape Austin's economic development. And right now they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas and you can become a valued member of Ironworkers Local Union 482 and you can uh, take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that help shape the future of our great city. So maximize your potential and be your best self today. Simply apply by going online and visiting ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Now keep an eye on the NFL today, Roster Cuts. Here's a website with a Roster Cut Tracker. Mm. Probably made you mad back in the day, Rod. You're like, oh man, why are they tracking my? Oh no, I wasn't keeping up with that. I, <laughs> I knew I, I had a really good chance of being on that that, that cutting floor. I knew that's the way it goes down. Today's the day they got to get down yeah. to 53, and you know, there'll be the preseason is done now, and everybody can get their legs back under them, get healthy as they can. The first games are you know, there's that Thursday game in a week from Thursday with Detroit and Kansas City, then. Everybody gets going on Sunday. Ooh, that's a big game now. It's what's a big game anyway, but no Chris Jones for he, the Kansas City Chiefs. Unless he shows up between now and then. And he says that his holdout, unless they're going to pay him, is going to last up till eight games. Well, that's why I think you'll see mm. a lot of moves done, right? This, this Cowboys deal got done last Friday, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor's a guy who could be moved. Now, Chris yeah. Jones, uh, try to get that done. I mean, they're trying to get Bose signed out in San Francisco. Right. He's still a holdout. Yeah. And now it's uh, you know, deadlines make deal, and the deadline is approaching. Uh, it's you know, the game season is going to start a week from Sunday. That's a good point. They'll be playing football. So, uh, but now there are no more preseason games. Your training camp kind of winds down, and it's really you can you know, get with agents and try to sort these things out and be done with it uh, for the Cowboys. As for uh, the Cowboys and the acquisition of Trey Lance, uh, Stephen Jones. Uh, was on the game broadcast with the Cowboys on Saturday night when they beat the Raiders and said, uh, just really felt like it was a chance for us to have a young guy in the room that's on the come, he said. Mm -hmm. Young guy in the room that's on the come. It certainly has no effect on Dak and his future. 
We look forward to getting his long-term contract signed sooner than later. Yeah. So there you go. It may not have an effect on the, the negotiation, but it has an effect on Dak's psyche. Like I, said, I think this is what Bill Belichick did when he had Tom Brady on the roster all those years. Even after Tom Brady won a Super Bowl and was considered the franchise quarterback, he still drafted 10 quarterbacks. And a lot of it was not only to try to find the next Tom Brady or to flip quarterbacks like, you know, their, their commodities, to flip them like they flip houses. So you want to flip a quarterback too or insurance policy, whatever, but also to, to drive down the price just a little bit. Quarterbacks are reluctant to play hardball. When there's a possible another quarterback that's going to play. And even Tom Brady, you're like, oh, Tom Brady wouldn't be threatened by that. Yes, he was. Remember, he went to he went to Robert Kraft and said, y'all need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo. I don't like sure. how it basically I'm feeling insecure around here. You're like, you're the GOAT, Tom. Still, I don't like the way Bill Belichick looks at me when he starts talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so yeah, I he think was, he needs to go. Well, and of course, the, <laughs> uh, the Eagles drafting – yeah, uh, yeah Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was, was not good for Carson Wentz. It was not exactly. He, he hated it. He, he was insecure around he, it, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott, for his part, said, I obviously understand that it's a business. That's a first-round talent. You always try to make your team better. We're going to welcome him as we do with any teammate. Hopefully it makes us better. He seems like a great guy. Agreed. Uh, so t- Dak always says the right thing. He does. He's a great leader. He really is. Yeah, I agree with that. He would, uh, whereas Carson Wentz, he didn't handle the Jalen Hurts drafting very well. And, yeah, and think about it. Dak Prescott came in in a quarterback controversy, like with Romo. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, he came in and handled that unbelievably for a rookie. So Dak Man, Romo handled that so well, too. Romo's yeah, classy about Romo. that whole thing. You're right. That press conference you had when they finally announced, like, oh, he was coming back, but Dak was going to be the starter. That's because it was man. spinal. His, his back was done. <laughs> Fragile. He was ready to go play golf. <laughs> he was. I think Romo's ready to be done, too. That's true. He was ready. He was like, man, make this eight, body ain't holding up. Make it 18 ain't. mil to sit next to Jim Nance on CBS. 18 and, mil. And make noises. Boo! Boo! Oh, Jim! Come on, exactly. Jim! That's how you Irish dance. <laughs> it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good gig if you can get it, man. Hey, can we uh, go behind the burn orange curtain one more time? Because we've got Texas football on the brain. Do Certainly it. do. It is uh, game week. Sark has a news conference in about 24 minutes. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Oh, yeah. I actually went down a rabbit hole about Rice football, so I know way too much about Rice, actually. And the, deep, the deeper you dive about into the, the Rice Owls, uh, you realize they actually are going to have some talent this year, more talent than, than we've seen on previous recent Rice Owl squads. I had a friend of mine who is a Rice Owl fan. I'm in Houston, so <laughs> I get these uh, comments, these little inside updates about Rice. Uh, the director of recruiting over there, Marco Regalado, he's a rising star. Keep the, keep the name in mind. So I think Texas might end up trying to hire him at one point. Uh, but he has really uh, turned their um, their recruiting department into a a, a kind of a streamlined, um, multi-purpose, new age recruiting model using a ton of social media. Uh, using different, you know, different methods, uh, and they're recruiting more new age methods in recruiting, and it's really helped out Rice. So I'll give you a little stat here: uh, twelve of the sixteen highest rated recruits ever uh, that Rice has ever recruited in modern recruiting. So we're talking about the last 25, 30 years. Uh, twelve of the uh, sixteen highest rated recruits ever have come in the last four recruiting cycles. Wow. For Rice, uh, five of the ten highest-rated signees in program history actually were a part of that 2023 class. That includes J.T. Daniels, a five-star quarterback, as we've talked about, who started at 
three different Power Five programs. This will be his fourth. Uh, no, sorry, three different Power Five programs. This will be his fourth school they started at, but not a Power Five program, of course. And you go look at the 12 highest-rated recruiting classes in program history for Rice. Um, three of the uh, last three of those are coming in the last four years. So three of their top 12 highest-rated recruiting classes ever have come in the last four years. They got some ta- for Rice for Rice football. They've actually got more talent than um, than. No, uh, then you're accustomed to when it comes to a right squad. So just throwing it out there. They got some talent. But Texas still should pulverize them. And we still should see Arch Manning at one point in this matchup get some snaps. Well, and I think it'll be a good for Mike Bloomgren, their head coach. I mean, it can be a good good test for his team. And, and they're, they want to compete in the American Athletic Conference. That's where yep. they would like to, uh, you know, they want to make a bowl game. And talent like that at Rice, you know, then all that's going to be on the, the top of their depth chart. Longhorns can go two, three deep with guys, and that's what you're going to see on this Saturday. Um, my big curiosity will be here at 11 o'clock if Sark does put out a depth chart. and Because uh, usually when they put out that depth chart, Rod, it's when the media gets there to cover the news conferences when it's out, right? They've got the printed version, and mm-hmm. you can look at it, and that's where we used to get the Tom Herman so-and-so, or so-and-so, or so-and-so, oh. and people are just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but so mm. it, it, that may start to percolate out here between now and the top of the hour from the media gathering to cover Sark's news conference. Uh, and look, what, you know, what does it say at running back? Is there, is there an eyebrow raiser with Jonathan Brooks, C.J. Baxter? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about right guard? Right what guard. about corner opposite Ryan Watt? corner, yep. What about defensive end opposite, you know, Baron Sorrells? And so we'll see. Uh, Sark did say last week after after the week he wants to have some, you know, every player is going to, he said those who aren't ones or twos are going to, it's not going to be surprising because we, we are honest with our players all the time. But at least, the you know, now we will potentially know. He didn't put out a, he did not put out a depth chart last year. So we'll see if he changes and brings it out. Um, with the, uh, I heard, a, I saw a texter say <laughs> that maybe Sark won't put out a depth chart because it's offensive. To the <laughs> second and third string guys, <laughs> so we're trying to make sure we watch out for everybody's feelings. Don't hurt anybody's feelings. You don't want to hurt, but I'll say this, and I hope maybe you know that is maybe there is something to that, right? Keep the competition going, and maybe the new age way of the new age method for coaches is they don't have a depth chart, um, except for obviously one within the team and within the program and organization. But I remember competing on the forty acres and competing for that cornerback spot, and man, to me, it was a point of pride to see. My name at the top of the depth chart. I want to see it. Well, I want everybody else to see it, as a matter of fact, too, I so they can know what I have accomplished. I know. I agree. <laughs> well, that's what you want. You want a competitive program, a competitive team. That means you, if you're going to say you have a depth chart, then have a depth chart. Exactly. And there's guys competing for backup spots, too. Right. I mean, yes. I, I, in high school, I wasn't the best player. I knew I was going to be a starter, well, but I was I'm, I sure as hell better be a second, second string on well, that depth right. chart. Totally and, agree. Great point. Now, I we're, we're, we're going to be looking at the, the, the top line. On the media and the fans will look at the top line, but yes, who wins the two-three battle, right? Who's you know mm-hmm. who is actually rising on that chart? Who is pushing for reps? Those are, I mean, that's what you want. That's why you recruit good players so you can sharpen steel practice to practice. And and but you know, th- there's got to be a reward for it. You got yeah. there. Someone's got to earn the job. That what's the point of having all these talented players if if you as you just said, Rod, you don't earn the badge of yeah, I sit in the first chair. <laughs> I mean, they do it in band and orchestra, right? I mean, your first <laughs> right? chair, second chair, third chair, you earn the right. Exactly right. If yeah. you're pitching in baseball, you earn on the Friday starter or Saturday or Sunday, or I'm not a starter, I'm in the bullpen. Uh, this is just... This is how sports is. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I a starter or not? I don't think it can yeah. hurt anybody's feelings. If it's this a meritocracy, is... all right, yeah. then let's go. <laughs> go earn it, and then when you earn it, that the reward is, all right, you know what, you're the guy. You, by the way, there's a responsibility with that. 
<laughs> oh my god. If you want to be the starter, then you set the tone. All right, then you need to make sure you play to a certain standard. You, that standard All can't drop off. Because you drop off, that means the guy behind you, the conversation will start, or at least have the co- coaches will have the conversation, whether they have a better option behind you or whether they made a mistake making you the starter. Well, that's so, why I never understood the or thing. Like, we. You don't even have depth depth chart if it's going to be or or and or. I mean, exactly. Like, right, come on. Yeah, it's either either a guy won the job or he didn't win the well, job. Yeah, I'm, I didn't like the or. Side. Mac Brown did that toward the end of his tenure too. I was like, no, no or. It's my job. Yeah. I won the job. It's mine. All right, we'll come back yeah. when we do. We will uh, play some what's popping. What are we going to be doing today and tonight? What's watching uh, <laughs> into gearing up for that's our what's popping segment coming next. All right, there yeah. you go. I like it. I like it. What else is popping is this uh, AL West race, and here's the issue. If you're an Astro fan or a Ranger fan, you might want to win tonight because the uh, Mariners, who, as we just said, finished up their best 50 games uh, run in the last 20 years. They went 36-14 and 14 in the last 50 games to take over first place in the West. They're playing Oakland. They're playing Oakland, Rod. Oh. So they're going to win. They're playing the 38-win Oakland A's. They should. Yes. Uh, Astros are in Boston to face the Red Sox with Christian Javier on the mound at 6-10 tonight. That could be the return of Michael Brantley for the Astros. Uh, The Astros just put 17 runs on the board Uh, in that game. Jeremy Pena went 5-for-6. Can we play this, Ty, the the Jeremy Pena? Because his first ever five-hit game, and if Pena gets going, he's been one of those guys all year long that's just been Mm -hmm. erratic and not great. Remember, he was the World Series MVP, obviously. Oh, yeah and uh, has been just okay this year at the plate, that he gets going, look out if Michael Brantley's coming back. But here was Pena. He says he's now got bragging rights on Altuve. Jeremy Pena, what a day it was for the Astros with this guy. Five hits. Have you had a five-hit game? Never. Never. This is my first five-hit game. And I could say I got it before Altuve. Oh! There you go. He did not go there. There you go. I got one for Altuve did. So uh, nice. Altuve's at 2,000 hits, but JP's got it now. Astros, Red Sox, Rangers are in New York mm. to face the Mets starting tonight. That's a Mets team you need to take advantage of because they've traded their best players and they're you know, 11 games under 500. But the Rangers were just 1-9 in their last 10. They have John Gray on the mound tonight. And as we said, the Mariners are playing Oakland. So... You got just you just got to figure they're going to win. You know. Well, you got the hottest one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball versus the a team that is teams. trying to be the worst team in Major League Baseball and succeeding. They're yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, so I could see that being yeah very lopsided. Brewers are also big time hot. They're popping in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, remember the Brewers swept the Rangers last week, and that really started a big streak for them. And they're playing some really good ball. So we'll keep an eye on the Mariners and the Brewers teams that people weren't really talking about much all year long, but here they are. On the come at the most important time of the year. Uh, what is it? The nine nine games winning streak for the Milwaukee oh, yeah. Brewers. They're popping right now. What else is popping, Rod? Uh, what's popping for me is you know what? I'm gonna go home and catch up on uh, the Hard Knocks before Hard Knocks comes on. I think it comes on tomorrow, night? tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So I'm gonna catch up. I think I'm I'm actually I'm maybe two behind. Did you, did you now. catch up on Billions? No, I'm one. Well, I didn't watch this week's episode. I'm watching that tonight too with Hard Knocks, and so I'm going to catch up on Hard Knocks before the latest episode, and I'm going to catch up on Billions tonight because they had a new episode of Billions last night that I didn't watch. I did watch the latest episode. Me either. I did not see it. I, yeah. I got it recorded though. I'm going to watch that tonight. I did not. I did see the newest episode of the Winning Time: The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Oh, you're in, you're HBO. into this. Yeah, you're into this. I show. like it. It's, okay, you know, it's just an easy watch, and it's I think it's uh, John C. Riley. I like watching him and. 
Um, he, he getting married, by the way. But it's to the point where, and again, it's fictitious in a lot of ways. They take their Hollywood liberties, but it's also based on true facts. So we're to the point where Magic Johnson is at odds with the the head coach Paul Westfall mm-hmm. uh, or Paul Westhead, and he wants him fired. And so, oh, we're at that point now. Yeah, and my, Magic Johnson just got the twenty five year, twenty five million dollar contract. So they haven't is, hired Pat Riley yet. No, he's the assistant. Oh, he's oh so he's there. Okay, so he's around, but he hasn't been hired as the and guy. Yet. And that's Magic's boy. Yes, he okay. and Magic are boys. Ah, uh, I gotcha. Well, the the whole episode, I guess an interesting uh, little situation they they played out there. Oh well, yeah, well good look. Uh, when, so when, basically, I was gonna say that Magic recommended Pat well, Riley be the guy. Is that what they're gonna? Well, that's what's about to happen. They're gonna imply that. Okay, that's I mean and that that's the history of it. And Magic Johnson did get a twenty five year, twenty five million, and they Jerry Buss gave him a, a, a contract for life. I cannot believe that. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, and and it, obviously Kareem Abdul Jabbar was still on the team and. And, you know, still not in his prime, but still a really good player. And Norm Nixon and all those guys. And essentially, the rest of the team's like, really? Well, we now know that's your boy, Bus. Hey. That's Bus's boy. Man. And that leads to, you know, that, you know that's bad. How, was that a good contract for Magic? That's a bad deal no. to sign for Magic, no. wasn't it? It's well, a Magic, horrible deal. Magic was also the one that turned down the Nike deal. The Mike that Magic Johnson got a couple years later. Oh, Magic could have had that. He got the MJ deal. The MJ deal. Wow. Not even Phil Knight. Where tried he got to, like tried a re- share of the revenue. Yeah, yeah. The, the Nike Airs. Yeah. But that was and that was the kind of the beginning of the story from uh, what was it called with Ben Affleck? Uh, Air is Air. Air. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Actually, I yeah, thought Ma- it was pretty good. So Magic had turned it down. I didn't realize that. That makes sense, though, because in the movie, they do talk a lot about Magic and Bird and how they want to do it differently. They, they want to do their, They want to brand themselves differently than Magic and Bird. Yeah. Well, they went Converse, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they had the big orange, you know, the green Converse for, for Bird. Well, and then back they, then, Converse, well, that was that, that was the leader that was right. in the industry. In the, right? That's that was right. The, well, the leader yeah, in the market. Because Magic was like, what? Nike, what are you talking about, man? A, you got running shoe. Yo, oh, they man, Nike wasn't a basketball shoe. They were a running shoe. They were trying uh, to break into the basketball market. But big picture, Magic has done pretty well as far as business goes. Yeah, he owns he's doing a little right. bit of everything. Is he part of the Washington Commanders group now? Is, yep. he, is, is he in on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in on everything. Yeah, hey, man. Magic's doing really I saw him donating blood the other day. <laughs> and the guy who plays uh, Paul Westhead, he does a good job donating blood. And the guy who plays him does a good job. You just want to punch him sometimes. You're like, would you? Right? Yeah, because Westhead was, was not a good coach. Uh, he looked. Uh, he was. He was almost one of the luckiest coaches ever. Then. Well, they won the championship <laughs> in Magic's rookie year. Well, there you go. So he just couldn't get along with Magic. Even back then, the key was you got to keep your stars well, happy. That, there's a storyline yes. there too because that was back when the, the coaches still ran the team, right? And they, yeah, you know, was, players know their role. So that was the first. It's probably the first time a player actually got called the shots. Fired. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Got a coach fired. Mm-hmm. A championship winning coach. Uh huh. See. Been happening ever since. Hey, Rod, keep popping, <laughs> brother. Keep popping. You too, brother. Good stuff. Sark News Conference coming up at top of this hour. We'll certainly have all the highlights tomorrow. And Patrick will be talking about it this afternoon on the Sports Complex. And if, keep up with our socials, Twitter and uh, the Horn on Insta and all that. We'll be posting the latest, if any news breaks, from the Sark News Conference that we'll have all the coverage of tomorrow for five hours on a Tuesday. TYDFA Gamblers popping pick of the night. Let's go with Chris Sale and the Boston Red Sox against the Astros tonight. Favorite. Okay. Okay. I like that. Astros hit left-handed pitching pretty good, though, and they've hit Sale pretty well in their history. All right. Uh, Chris Sale is the poppin' pick of the night. It's the Sex Panther pick. It's Sometimes it's right all the time. You know what I'm saying? We'll do it again on a Tuesday.